0: Welcome to the Good Robot, Andy's. Um, my name is Andy Balaam and this is
1: Andy Cockerill. Uh, what, what season and episode? Uh, this you? is.
0: Is that I'm supposed to say that
1: first? Yes. <laughs> You've been on holiday, so you're yeah. a bit you're a bit rusty. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, I didn't sleep a lot last night. See, this is season six, episode. Five. Cool. At least, oh. if my numbering of the previous episode was correct, yeah, oh, it looks I'm like it. Was. it, looks
1: sure, like it
0: was. Let's have a look. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Okay. Um, and the film, yes, film we're talking about this evening
1: is "You Were Never Really Here."
0: Yes, but what film are we talking about?
1: "You Were Never Really Here."
0: <laughs> yes.
1: We've already done that gag.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's much better when you repeat it.
1: It is. Yes, that's true.
0: For yeah. the audience.
1: You were never really here.
0: Yes, but what film are we doing?
1: You were you were never really here. You were never really here.
0: So, uh, <laughs> uh, the reason I'm um delaying is that I can't I can't think of any plot summary based entirely on the title. I well, mean, the, the good news is I haven't seen it or even heard of it. So, um Oh, okay, that's good. Uh so I'm fully fully in the place of the listener. Uh, well, before we
1: dive into it, I've got a couple of bits of movie news that might be of interest to listener. Okay. A couple of genre, bits of genre movie news. Which, okay. You know, we like a bit of a genre. We do. Um, so the as, first As long bit, as that's
0: one of the very restricted couple of genres that we like.
1: <laughs> yes, horror, sci-fi. That's it, isn't it?
0: Horror, sci-fi. As well. Horror,
1: sci-fi. That's a crossover. Yeah. Hey, if only there was a... Um, movie that has a crossover on horror and sci-fi.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe that would be number one in my best ever horror, they, sci-fi movies. Maybe it would, yeah. Um,
1: um, well, also,
0: you probably like comic book or some rubbish like that as well, right? Yes,
1: I do like comic book. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, uh, so the first bit of movie news is that Stephen King's 1979, well, actually published in 1979 novel, um, no, sorry, it was published in 79, called The Long Walk. Mm-hmm. Also known as the Walk, and this is um, um,
0: this is published by him under his pseudonym, where he writes more sci-fi type things.
1: Yes, Richard Bachman. Yeah. Um, it was it was released in a compendium called the Bachman books. Uh-huh. Um, uh
0: huh.
1: Um, that's been turned into a movie, which is interesting.
0: That is interesting. I really liked the book, The Running Man.
1: Yeah, the book The Running Man is terrific. Famously
0: yeah. destroyed as a yeah. film. And including Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: So there's a there's a long, complex story behind why the Running Man is such a terrible, terrible film.
0: Someone but, could do a good one.
1: Yeah, um, but the, the the synopsis of it is, is that when they went through several directors and screenwriters, they realised that they needed to get it done cheaply and quickly, and badly. So and badly. So they went to um, Paul Michael Glaser. Who uh, was either Starsky or Hutch in Starsky and Hutch? Because I can't remember which. Like <laughs> Is it it's like, either it's, Ant or Deck. It's like exactly. Yes, it's like Ant or Deck. He was either Starsky or Hutch, <sighs> mm-hmm. and they said, "Hey, we've heard you can do things cheaply and quickly. Is that true?" And he said, "Yeah, that's I'm your man." So they said, "Well, we've got this film that we want to ruin. Can you come and ruin it for us?"
0: Just get me Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Just get me Arnie and um, in a leotard, and we're on.
0: It's so nothing like the book.
1: The book is is a anyway, so uh, yes. Yeah, so the, the the long walk is, uh, or also
0: the, known as the walk. Did you say?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, I think it's known in the book. It's known as the walk, rather okay, than okay, just okay. the long walk. Okay. Um, is a is is a huge for, for me in the same way that the Running Man is also a huge influence on the Hunger Games and mm. you know other kinds of um, teen lit. Mm. Um, fiction from the last 10 years or so. Um, huge influence, particularly the long walk, in that it is about um, a yearly event, an annual walking contest. Um, uh, 100 teenage boys join an annual walking contest where each contestant, called a walker, interestingly, Mm-hmm must maintain a speed of at least four miles an hour. If he drops below that speed for 30 seconds, he receives a verbal warning. A walker who slows down again after receiving three warnings is ticketed. Um, the meaning, meaning of that is kept vague at first, but it, it becomes clear that buying a ticket means to be shot dead by soldiers riding in half tracks along the roadside. So it's pretty bleak, dystopian stuff. Um, I do wonder, though, given that you know all of the all of the kind of teen dystopian dramas have now run their course, so the hunger games is, is well finished mm-hmm. um the um the maze runner movies are done the um the Allegiant films sputtered out into video on demand <laughs> um I can't think of any others at the moment um I'm wondering if it's no, gonna find an or- mm-hmm. i wonder if it'll find an audience um because I think, like so many properties that get adapted years after the thing that inspired them was released, that maybe it might seem derivative, Mm. even though it's not derivative.
0: That could happen, definitely.
1: Yeah, which would be a shame, because I think that 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 and The Running Man... Yeah, The Running Man is a film that is crying out to be made again, but made better.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, Series 7, The Contenders, how could you top that?
1: Hmm... You could top it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, anyway, you literally can't top that.
1: Okay. So that <laughs> that is my first bit of, of movie news. The other bit of movie news is one that I'm sort of following up um, with one that I talked about a little while ago on the pod, which was about um, film director Zack Snyder, who made the Day of, No Dawn of the Dead remake from a few years ago, like okay, 10 years yeah, ago, yeah. I think. A very good remake.
0: I yeah, think. surprisingly good.
1: Yeah, uh, quite grooey and gory and very believable. Featuring, I think, the first time we'd seen running zombies in a film.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you had um, you had them in th- things like turning on. 21...
1: But they're not zombies. Yeah, but it's a zombie either. film. Just because it's it, rubbish,
0: yeah. we, don't, we don't pretend it's not a zombie. Not <laughs> quite, film. yeah.
1: Um, so I talked on the pod about his returning to the zombie genre. Um, and oh, this Oh, you did! I, I forgot did. why, but I was excited. So yeah, let's recap that. Let's recap okay, that. So it's okay. to do with um, presumably set in the same universe that his Dawn of the Dead is set in. Uh, some cities have been walled up. Um, to some of them have been walled up with humans inside them. Some of them have been just contained because they're full of zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so at the time that I talked about this. It was a heist movie, Oh, yeah, which, which sounded fantastic. Yeah, uh, so like greedy, greedy mercenaries breaking into a city that's been um, quarantined to mm-hmm. to rob mm-hmm. banks, which presumably mm-hmm. had been abandoned. That sounded great. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, so what I've what I've heard more recently is that that plot line has changed a little bit, and that now it's set in Vegas, which is interesting because. Dayglow Vegas, full of zombies, is quite Mm -hmm. enticing. Um, The main character is actually going there to rescue his daughter. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: and whilst they're there, they decide to do some robbing and stealing. And that, to (laughs) me, is kind of not quite as pure as I was expecting it to be. It
0: doesn't sound like a heist movie.
1: It doesn't sound like a heist movie anymore, no. It sounds like they've kind of um, bottled it a bit.
0: I was hoping for Ocean's (laughs) Zed.
1: Ocean Z. That's it. Oceans <laughs> Z. <Zed.
0: laughs> Once you got the title the rest of the pitch is easy, right? It's
1: easy, isn't it? Yeah. You don't even need a big big table full of cocaine to do that pitch. You just say Zombies in Vegas with Danny Ocean.
0: Bring your own yeah. cocaine.
1: Bring your own cocaine, please. Uh so yeah, that's an update on Zack Snyder's zombie movie, which okay. I would still watch. I mean it's a I-
0: zombie movie, you got to watch it.
1: Yeah, and I think if he, does, if he does a good job, as good a job as he did on his Dawn of the Dead remake, then, um, you know, I'm in.
0: Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, it was. It was like 2002, I think. I think. Long time. Long time. Um, those are my bits of movie news. Mm. For listener. Cool. There we go. Shall we... Uh, should I give. Are you, to, are you going to get a synopsis of You Were Never Really Here? Or <laughs> should I dive in? Uh, uh,
0: uh, no, I think you'd better just go for it. Tell me a bit about You Were Never Really Here.
1: Okay, so a synopsis is it is a psychological action thriller uh, written and directed by Lynn Ramsey, based on the 2013 novella of the same name by Jonathan Ames, and it stars. Yep. Joachim Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, Ekaterina Samsonov, Alex Manette, John Doman, and Judith Roberts. Um, and an <laughs> unfinished version of the film premiered at the 2017 Cannes Film Festival, where Ramsey won the Best Screenplay Award and Phoenix won the award for Best Actor. Mm. It was then released in 2018, uh, in the UK by Studio Canal and in the United States by Amazon Studios.
0: So I tell you what, what we should do is, listener,
1: yeah, why
0: don't you send in your plot summary based entirely on the title? <laughs> and try, try and rescue me. So before you listen to the the bit that uh, Andy's just said, mm. um, send us in on Mastodon or even on some proprietary network like Twitter Twitter, yeah. or uh, by putting a comment on the blog at artificialworlds.net slash <laughs> Um give us your plot summary of a film called You Were Never Really Here knowing nothing about it.
1: Cool, okay.
0: Um, cool, so you've seen it?
1: I have seen it. You yeah. like it? I loved it. I'll just cool. say I loved it. From the very top I absolutely loved it. Um, so Lynn Ramsey, let's let's talk about Lynn Ramsey um, okay. before we dive into the film. She's a, a Scottish filmmaker, uh, I think famous to me for not making very many films despite being, you know, being around for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. She's very uncompromising in what she does. She right. only does stuff that she wants to do. She writes and directs. She tends not to direct other people's stuff. So, although this this is an adaptation of somebody else's work, she did write the adaptation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, what else has she done? Okay, so she's made a movie called Rat Catcher. uh, Morvan, Colour, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen Rat Catcher either. But in 2011, she made a movie called We Need to Talk About Kevin. Ah, yes. Which I have seen.
0: Which I haven't seen, but it's based on the book of the same name.
1: It's based on a book. Which I also um, haven't read. Which I haven't read, but I have seen the movie. Um... Adapted from Lionel Shriver's novel of the same name. Um, I absolutely loved We Need to Talk About Kevin in a way mm. that, you know, you love a film that's very disturbing and mm. psychologically quite damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just loved the... I, I just loved how she put it together. Right. Um, you know, in what is famously another one of these unfilmable books. Right. Um, that deals with the aftermath of a a teenager going crazy with a crossbow.
0: Right.
1: It deals with that aftermath in a very interesting way. Um, but we're not here to talk about that film. Um, uh, but certainly, Lynn Ramsey deals, you know, she makes movies that she wants to make. She makes movies that are difficult, but beautifully made. Um, and things that stay with you, you know? Mm-hmm really important. Uh, You know, there's images from You Were Never Really Here that are still there. Music by Johnny Greenwood, which is great, from Radiohead. Right, right, right. Who is, I think, um, a a frequent collaborator with Paul Thomas Anderson on things like... uh, I think he's been involved in all of his movies since There Will Be Blood. Um, Certainly his score for... Phantom Thread is amazing. Um, Phantom Thread? Fant- Phantom Thread. What's that? That's a film by Paul Thomas Anderson um, about a a clothing designer played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I'm digressing. <laughs> um, I'm trying not to digress. I'm trying not to um, be too tangential today. It's all right. They love it. I know they do, yeah. Um, so the plot of You Were Never Really Here mm-hmm. is, is Joe, who is played by Joaquin Phoenix, in, I think, a career best performance. And I think, you know, Phoenix has, has given some great performances over the years, uh, but I think he is on, on incredible form in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a traumatized hired gun. Mm-hmm. Whose, whose backstory this is a short movie this is you know like a 90 minute film mm-hmm. whose backstory is not really gone into in any great detail but you you know Phineas is is such a great actor that he paints the picture for you and gives you an idea of the kind of trauma that this man has probably endured mm-hmm. um, his, speciality, his speciality is rescuing trafficked girls mm-hmm. so uh his weapon of choice is a claw hammer. So he doesn't really carry guns. He does use guns in the movie, but he doesn't carry one. Mm -hmm. He carries a hammer. So that gives you an idea of the kind of brutality that's on display. Occasionally on display in this film. It doesn't wallow in it, Mm -hmm. but when it happens, it's very real. Mm -hmm. Um, He cares for his elderly mother in his childhood home in New York City. Um... And he has flashbacks of the abuse he and his mother faced from his violent father and his brutal past in the military and FBI and is troubled by suicidal thoughts. So somebody likened him, his psyche, his psychology, to a bag of nails. That's mm-hmm. that's what it's like. This man is a bag of nails, is is a walking trauma, basically. Mm. Um uh, so he gets approached by someone to um to rescue a young girl uh which he does so he then realizes that he's um involved in something really insidious and nasty and um goes on a rampage
0: so the um, people people who've hired him are bad people
1: they are also bad people yeah mm-hmm. they're they're involved in whatever is going on here mm-hmm. up to their you know Eyeballs in it um, there's government agents involved as well It's a mess you know the whole thing's a mess you know it's gone from him you know living of what you might call a fairly simple life of caring for his mother, rescuing girls, taking the money for doing that It's all gone pear shaped for him, basically, and his kind of safe haven life such as it is is just disappearing around. Around him, mm-hmm. um, um, so uh, yeah, he rescues her. Uh, more violence ensues. He, you know, he, he intends to kill himself during the movie, but doesn't. I won't really give too many plot spoilers away. I'm trying not to spoil this one too much. Actually, I think um, it is. Um, uh, and at the end, he and the girl sort of disappear into the sunset kind of thing. Mm-hmm. After she tells him, it's a beautiful day, Joe. And then they leave. Um, so what's making you want to not spoil it? Um, I think because of the... Uh, there are some plot twists and turns mm-hmm. that I think listener will find very satisfying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh, you know and I do I know that this is a spoilerific podcast but I think um in this case I'm, I'm saying listener needs to see this with a fresh pair of eyes kind of thing
0: so we're anticipating that that quite a lot of people won't have seen this I certainly haven't even heard of it okay yeah okay so okay so you just want to make sure that someone who started off listening to this podcast thinking they probably wouldn't see it but halfway yeah. through has decided that they probably will see it yeah yeah absolutely will not have it ruined
1: and we'll talk about why i think people should see this movie mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it is it is violent at times but um it's made with um uh, uh quite a lot of the exterior shots of new york were shot using guerrilla style not gorilla as in um primate but you know guerrilla filmmaking Uh, Mm -hmm. techniques so they very often didn't have permission to shoot so phoenix would just sort of get out of the car and walk along the street and they would shoot him from the car even though they didn't have permission to do so that kind of thing so what's the
0: status of a film if that's how it was made
1: um Can, can they get sued no it's it's perfectly legal to do so
0: um, but it's also perfectly legal for someone to just ruin your film.
1: Yes, because it's a public space, mm-hmm. so someone could just step in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone can put their hand in front of the lens, and there's nothing you can do about it. Obviously, it's your property, mm-hmm. um, so you you know if they damaged it, you could you know claim damages off them. But as you say, if you don't close the street, then the public can just walk in front of the lens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's perfectly okay to do it, but as But, you know, it's also perfectly okay for someone to ruin your movie. You're absolutely right, yeah.
0: So was it done on a a very low budget or was it deliberate?
1: Absolutely low budget, yeah. I'm just trying to see. Um, I can't see a budget anywhere. Is it further down? No. It made 7.4 million, which is actually a good return, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so, yeah. (coughs) sorry go
0: ahead what is it about it that that so affected you
1: um I think it's a story of redemption that's really affected me Mm -hmm. um I think that Phoenix is an actor who um can sort of display the human condition on screen when he's at his absolute best he's like a tortured soul um and here, you know, that, that's why Lin Ramsey has cast him in this movie is that he is well, as I said, a psyche he's a bag of nails. Um, everything's there for you to see. Uh, it's beautifully shot. The score is amazing. Um, but it's Phoenix's performance that makes the movie. And the twisty-turny plot which I won't talk about. Uh and there's images from it that have stuck in my mind. Um, There's one particular one of, of him um, flexing what, you know, massive arms that he's got. He's been working out, Uh, but not working out in a way that he looks really ripped. It looks like, you know, he's just like a big guy. Um, uh, And he's been, you know, he's, he's sort of um, staring at himself in the mirror and sort of studying himself. And it's just really disturbing and kind of, Harsh looking, but still quite beautiful at the same time. Um uh, yeah, so visually it's just terrific. It's an incredible redemptive tale. Sounds
0: like Raging Bull.
1: Yeah. That's a good that's a really good comparison, actually. In that everybody in the movie is absolutely on their A game. Um And You know, you wouldn't I don't think you would automatically think if you knew who Lynn Ramsey was, you wouldn't automatically think that this would be something that she would make. But the combination of her and this material just go hand in hand. It's just, um, I think it's one of the most perfect films I've ever seen.
0: So how does it not fit with her normal
1: thing? Well, I say that, um, but actually, I think if you look at her back catalogue, it's actually quite hard to pin her down. Right. So this is in keeping with her career thus far in that, she's I just mean, going to make what she wants to make unpredictable yeah. yes exactly yes mm-hmm. um, but like um, we need to talk about Kevin it's another impeccably impeccably made film dealing with a very difficult subject matter but making it re- it's I, I think that you were never really here despite it's uh, it does have a kind of magical realist fantasy element to it so you're never really sure about what you're seeing is what you're actually seeing or if it's his psyche showing mm-hmm. you, you know, showing mm-hmm. you what you think you should be seeing. Um, uh, there's that element to it that I really enjoyed. Because uh, I like, I enjoy when a filmmaker kind of messes with my perception of reality. Mm. Um, I like that. I know that that's not for everyone. Um, I know that some people don't like to be manipulated like that, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, if it's done well, then it's it's really interesting when people do that. Um it's just I think that you when you when uh you were never really hear is, is an astonishing piece of work. Uh, it's one of these ones that I watched whilst we were doing the top thirty uh the top thirty countdown of which I have quite a large backlog of films to talk about and this is one of them. Hmm. Um plus it's ninety minutes long, so it won't wear out its welcome. <laughs> it um it does what it does with expediency.
0: So it's interesting that um, you talked about redemption, because I'm thinking something like Raging Bull, which is this picture of this tortured soul. Mm. There's no redemption at all, right?
1: No. In fact, it ends really dark, doesn't it?
0: So... Um, Disturbing. Interesting to have... To be allowed to have some hope in the midst of that.
1: Definitely. this This does give you hope that even someone who is who seems to be just utterly, utterly messed up as this character does, can find some kind of hope and redemption in their life. Um, Because some truly horrible things are done to him during this movie. Um, uh, I'm just going to go down to the critical response. It received a seven-minute standing ovation at Cannes, which isn't all that unusual. I think that kind of thing happens quite a lot there. (laughs) Tell
0: <laughs> um, you what I, I'm not sure I would want to stand up for seven minutes That's after a long time, isn't it I mean, is long You time need to stretch to your legs a bit but. Yeah
1: um, With critics lauding Phoenix's performance for which he won Best Actor Ramsey's direction, musical score and the editing, the ed- ed- editing is very clever Right, It's very choppy and jump cutty which is fantastic
0: mm. Um it sounds like it's right on the uh Andy C's yes. favorite stuff list right really wobbly is, cam
1: yeah. uh not too much wobbly cam but definitely Chippy I like choppy. the um I like the vérité style mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and I like the the jump cuts um yeah it's it's got that feel to it that that uh that slightly edgy uh not not green grassy it's it's not um documentary style like green grassy stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but something
0: rot- that draws you, and makes you feel like you're really there, and
1: yeah, but it, yeah. but yeah, you do feel like you're there with it. But it does have the fantastical elements that that um that kind of add to the ambiance of the whole thing. Mm. Um, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of eighty nine percent with uh, the consensus reading: bracingly elevated by a typically committed lead performance from Joaquin Phoenix. The film confirms writer-director Lynn Ramsey as one of modern cinema's most unique and uncompromising voices. That is a recommendation.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sold.
1: Yeah. Um. Also, so um, Sheila O'Malley of RogerEbert.com gave it four out of four stars, saying the film is a taut and almost unbearably intense 90 minutes without an ounce of fat on it. I think I alluded that it doesn't waste time. Mm. Um, mm. Ramsey doesn't give you a second to breathe. And Guy Lodger Variety said, Ramsey may be the world's greatest working filmmaker, which I think is over-egging it a bit. Mm. But she is great, yeah. Uh, called the film Astonishing, a stark, sinewy, slash-to-the-bone hitman thriller, far more concerned with the man than the hit. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So th-
0: this, the... Th- this leads me to a question, which is, you've got one of the greatest filmmakers of our, right, writers and filmmakers of our time. Yeah. Uh, and she's a woman, and she's still making a film about a terribly tortured, violent man. mm Why can't we have films, meaningful films about things other than what it's like to be in the head? Terribly tortured, a terribly tortured, violent white middle-aged man. Yeah, so
1: that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, I think that her adaptation of we need to talk about Kevin does try to redress that balance because it is about a mother trying to come to terms with the fact that her son is a monster, Mm -hmm. and that. Uh, one of the heartbreaking things about that film, I'm talking about, we need to talk about Kevin now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, One of the heartbreaking things about that film is that she loves her son and she's seen her son turn from a loving, kind little boy into an absolute psychopath,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: seemingly overnight. um, And it's about her trying to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think, um, you know, Ramsey has, I think in the past, Ramsey has made films that feature strong, Conflicted real female characters, mm-hmm. and that maybe you would never really hear is atypical in her back catalog
0: um, yeah i mean it, the thing is that, that with a complaint like that, it's never about the individual film, is it because obviously it's perfectly legitimate to make a film about anything you like, mm. but it is also part of a pattern of you know which is something we mentioned with with blade run twenty forty nine as well like yeah. uh, it, even though it's uh, this it's great piece of art, it's still about what it's like to be inside the mind of a strong, fire, strong, silent, tortured white man.
1: Yeah, but that's not to that's not to kind of um, that's not to take anything away from the movie.
0: No, uh,
1: it is still an astonishingly great piece of work. Um, of course, I think
0: you've already pretty much answered the question. But what did it? Did this change your life for the better? Did it change the way you thought about mental illness? You know what? How did it? You said it stuck with you, and you've got these yeah. pictures in your head.
1: Yeah, it has stuck with me. Yeah, I think um, it's one of these things where if I can corner someone um, for like five minutes and just convince them to watch it, then I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those types of films
0: but why what, what, how would it make them a better person Or um, I know?
1: don't think well I don't think it maybe would I think that it just deserves to be seen
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's good art
1: it's that good yeah mm-hmm. you know it's not going to change it probably won't change your life or anything it's just really good art right, right, right. Um, and not only is it good art it's a cracking story it's 90 minutes long as the review said it's, there's not an ounce of fat on it it's a really well told story um and that you know it manages to be both exciting and brutal and arty at the same time which is quite a feat mm. um you know that's the kind of thing that film directors uh like someone like peter greenaway has would probably get away with something like that in his prime mm-hmm. um but very few filmmakers can do that these days i think that maybe Luc besson a long time ago could have done something but these mm-hmm. days you know he's just past his peak, shall we say <laughs> um, yeah, it needs to be seen uh this is this is one of my soapbox movies, right, yeah,
0: and what does the title refer to?
1: I don't actually know I'm just um I'm just having a look at that to see if I can figure it out but um I can't I don't know. That's a good question. I would offer to look it up, but that would just be man looking thing up on yeah. the internet, so I'm not going to do well, it.
0: Perhaps if listeners got some ideas, yes yeah. uh, right: yeah, in.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Because it's the kind of thing where you maybe get a handle on what the point of a film is if you understand the, how the title yeah, refers may- to
1: it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm tempted to look, but I'm not going to.
0: Yeah, just watch it a few more times till you figure it out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sounds like a Wayne's World quote. (laughs)
0: It's not as far as I know.
1: No, but it it sounds like it could be one.
0: I spoke to someone yesterday who hasn't seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. What? Yeah, because he was telling me about um, (laughs) actually a film where someone meets death and plays a game with him.
1: And you're like, that's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And he's like, No, no. no and I said, it's, Yeah, and that's also really seal. Im- it's really important
0: for, <laughs> to watch that from so that you can fully understand Bill and Ted's Burger's journey. Yeah. And that was the moment, listener, when he admitted that he'd never seen Bill and Ted's Burger's journey.
1: That's most non, non, non heinous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I went to see um John Wick chapter three last week. Oh yeah. It's good. Really? It's very good. Oh. Better yeah. than two. Oh, much better than 2. Okay. Yeah. Much, much better than 2. I thought 2 was a crushing disappointment.
0: It was, yeah. Uh,
1: But yeah, 3 is a real return to form. Excellent. For everyone. Um, Particularly in the fight scenes, which I think in 2 was somewhat, you know, it's still there, but I didn't think they were quite on point.
0: It felt more of the same-ish.
1: Yeah, this is, although it is, of course, more of the same-ish, Uh, It feels fresher Mm -hmm. Um, and it leaves it open for more, which is, you know, of course, I mean, they're blatantly,
0: blatantly heading in that direction, weren't they?
1: Yeah, just make more. Just keep making them until Keanu can't move. (laughs) (laughs) He's still just an incredible screen presence. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know whether yeah. we
0: ever talked about it. I did watch The Color of Water. Have you watched that? The Color of Water. I've not heard of this. It's um is that what it's called? I don't know. Dark by, Water by Del Toro, I think.
1: Oh, oh, um no. Um The Shape of Water.
0: The Shape of Water. Yeah, not the color of. The color of water is just blue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's what is it though? What seawater no. is green.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> still, yeah. Still, I mean, it's just... Okay. At the end of the day, it's just a colour. Ah,
1: oh, you're doing Nigel Tufnell um, quotes again. <laughs> of course, uh, at the end of, of the day, the it's, color, it's, just color. it's just a colour. It's just a colour, isn't it? You know? And the yeah, colour of water I... is um is green. It's blue, isn't it? It's, gr- it's green. It's blue, isn't it? It's blue. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, the shape of water...
1: What did you think that? of what did you think of the Shape of Water?
0: Uh I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I really thought it was a treat.
1: Yes. Uh and it was really great to see a movie that is you know, a fantasy with some quite strong horrific elements at times. Mm. Uh winning, you know, big Oscars the year that it won, which was very refreshing.
0: I liked the magical realist-ness yeah. of it.
1: Yeah, very much. And yeah, it was just
0: nice to look at. Just really enjoyable to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just all the um, all the, I don't. I want to call it like hyper retro.
1: Yeah, definitely hyper retro. Yeah.
0: Like um, uh, *Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy*. Mm. Um, yeah. Where the retroness is just so amped up that it's nothing yeah. like. It's not attempting to be like what it was like. It's I know what like, you
1: mean, yeah. It's like
0: a cartoon version.
1: I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed Michael Shannon's bad guy in The Shape of Water. Um, you know, he's 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 made a he's making a career, he does play sort of more ambivalent good guys occasionally, but for the most part, he's played pretty straight down the line bad guys. Mm-hmm. And in The Shape of Water, he was properly a bad guy. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no mistaking that he was a bad sort. Um, really, really well played. Uh, you know, this is a man who will stop at nothing to get what he wants. Uh, I also like Michael Stourbarge as the uh, scientist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Sally Hawkins was terrific.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, the yeah, is she the lead? Yeah. Yeah, she was just excellent.
1: And Richard Jenkins from Six Feet Under as the, um, the landlord was... Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's just great in it. And Doug Jones as the monster.
0: I had to stop watching Six Feet Under because it was too sad.
1: Oh, did you? You stopped watching? Yeah. Yeah. No, I watched it to the end.
0: Because it's like, you know people who are that miserable. Why would you... <laughs> why would you get to know these new people who don't even exist who are that miserable?
1: Yeah, funny enough, my wife says things like that. We, we watched. so miserable. We watched the first episode of Russell T. Davis's new show, Years and Years. Right. And she said... I think about this stuff all the time. I don't want to see it on screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I can understand what she what she says when she says that, but I kind of enjoy the. I think I'm a bit of a miserableist. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm
0: certainly. I've got much higher tolerance for it than my wife. Yeah. We watched a bit. Of, we watched an episode of. I think it might be called Coming Home, where about someone who's come out of prison after 20 years.
1: Is that? Um, yeah, I think.
0: Is it called Coming uh,
1: Home? I know the show you mean. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's good. Oh yeah,
0: it, it's really good. It's described as a comedy, but right. there was basically no laughs in it. It was oh, just dear. utterly like so realistically awful. Oh dear. You know the way some, some like like Fleabag, some, some some, by saying that you're comedy, you get to do things that are like so off the wall that they're like real life. Yes. You know? Yes. It's like that. There's no actually any laughs. It's just like not the kind of drama that would get made if he said it, if he didn't say it was a comedy.
1: Right. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. It seems really good, but yeah. It's a comedy in
1: in the way that a Shakespeare comedy is a comedy. (laughs) Uh,
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, uh, don't forget the driver.
1: Oh, that's terrific.
0: Which we, again, we watched one episode of and it was just like, you've got to watch the the whole thing. "It's It's too depressing. So good. Yeah, I mean I was I'm really planning to squeeze that in somewhere cuz that uh uh seemed really good.
1: Okay, so I did some I did some um some casting, not I'm not actual casting, but my dream casting mm-hmm. of um because James Wan is making a movie of Salem's Lot. Um which
0: is another um another Stephen King. Stephen King. Yeah. It was
1: made into a TV movie in the 80s, I think.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen it. I, or I definitely mm-hmm. haven't read it.
1: It's a variable quality, the T V movie. It's actually directed by Toby Hooper, who made who didn't direct Poltergeist, but did direct the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so yeah, the T V movie is of variable quality. It features David Soule who played Starsky or Hutch on <laughs> Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> um so I was doing some casting of that in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's a, there's a character called Mr. Barlow who runs the local antique shop, which is a front for, you know, Mr. Straker, who's the local vampire. And I thought in, in the TV movie, he's played by James Mason in very oily James Mason fashion. <laughs> but I thought that in, a, in, the t, in the movie version, it should be Toby Jones. Because Toby Jones can be very sinister... And oh, yet, that,
0: the bloke out of um yeah, the driver.
1: Yeah, he can be very sinister but but seems very unthreatening. Yeah. Um I think he'd be fantastic as Mr. Barlow. Um he's great in uh there's a movie called Journey's End which is based on a play all about the the trenches during World War 1. He plays a private in that who is responsible kind of a sort of a Bouldrick type character. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for cooking for the officers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, sort of delivering uh, cooked wrapped basically to the <laughs> officers. And for one meal, they ask him what it is, and he says it's cutlets. And one of the officers says, "Oh, what type?" And uh, as he's walking away, he says, "The cutlet kind, like that." And the line is delivered in a way that just tells you so much about the character Mm. in that he can talk back to an officer like that and get away with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's a terrific actor, Toby Jones. So I think uh, that's my dream casting for Mr. Barlow. Did you watch
0: The Detectorists?
1: I've seen Series 1 and started Series 2. Yeah, really liked it.
0: Really? That's like a hidden gem.
1: Yeah, it is. I've got Series 3 recorded. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Him and Mackenzie Crook are a good team.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Nice that Mackenzie Crook found found the right kind of work.
1: Well, he he did he was in like 3 Pirates of the Caribbean movies, possibly 4. Um mm. which are just awful, awful films. Good theme park ride, terrible movies. <laughs> um Yeah, so yeah, it's good good to see him on telly.
0: Um, cool <laughs> that was random
1: that was random that was random
0: have you got any plugging to do
1: yes I have so I've been posting some stuff to my podcast feed uh, I'm going to do some after this after we recorded this pod I'm going to record talk about John Wick and also about Godzilla King of the Monsters that I went to see last night mm-hmm. um, so yes podcast feed is called Movie Mashup no camel case no caps Guys, you can search for that in your podcasting app of choice or indeed on the internet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that used to be a radio show. Now it's just a podcast feed. Not uh, just. What? Well, it is a podcast Now it's feed. a podcast now feed. Now it's a podcast feed, listeners.
0: <laughs> and it's not just for people in the world. Uh,
1: in fact, I big you up on it. You should be glad to know. <laughs> I th- I thank you for hosting it.
0: Oh, yeah, the files. Yeah, yeah. the
1: files, yeah. Oh, the files! Oh, the files! The files! The files. The, files. Um, the I- wells! The wells! The wells! Um, that is my plugging.
0: Um, Have I got plugging? Well, I've been doing some stuff. So I've been learning a a bit more about a programming language called Rust. And the more I learn about it, the more I like it. I really like it. Um, As as followers of me will know, I've been writing a programming language for, what, probably getting on for 10 years now without really making any progress. And I'm still, I have a a rolling deadline of about 20 years from now (laughs) um, when it'll be done. But... um, A number of the things that were really important to me about my programming language have actually been not just ideared but actually implemented and working in Rust. So Rust is not everything that I wanted in a programming language, but a couple of the really key ideas that I had that I wanted are in there and work. So that's really exciting and also slightly disappointing. I've been writing um I've been writing what I hope is gonna become a multiplayer um, Tron light cycle game Ooh. and I'm hoping that people are going to write their own AIs to play Ooh. as well as it'll be human playable as well so if you don't know what a Tron light cycle game is it's like um, uh, you, you control a line that gets longer, draws draws itself gets longer and longer and you have to trap in the other lines yes um, so it's, it's a nice simple problem for an, uh, an AI to solve, so I'm hoping people will write little bits of JavaScript in the web in the web page, that will then play against other people's bit of JavaScript all around the world. Cool, Um, to try and uh, to win. Uh, but anyway, if you're interested in that, you just have to follow me on GitHub because I'm at the moment I'm just no GitLab GitLab.com slash Andy Balam because uh, all I'm doing at the moment is writing the code for that. I haven't made any videos about it, but I, at some point I think I'll make some videos about how I wrote it because. Uh, the, I'm finding the way you do things in Rust really cool, and I'm hoping that I can write this program and have it just run on one computer, but thousands of people will be able to use it simultaneously because of thousands?
1: some of the nice things about thousands? Rust Thousands? Yeah, I think so. Good Lord. This sounds intriguing. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, so uh, Rust is cool. I'll probably make... make If I get round to it, I'll make some videos about like just basics of how you write, how you get anything working in Rust, because one of the things about Rust that is maybe not so good is that it contains some concepts that are really hard to get your head around that you don't have to get your head around in other languages Mm. (laughs) so what I'm trying to say is it's really hard
1: but it's rewarding
0: but it's really cool so of course now my expectations for my language that I'm writing is that it'll have all that cool stuff but not be so hard
1: that is definitely something to aspire to
0: watch that space (laughs) 20 years
1: 20, 20 years. years from now. So by the time we finish this pod, which will be in 20 years' time, because, <laughs> you know, films keep coming out. Yeah. You've got to talk about them. Um, so I was listening to
0: someone, to listen to a podcast, the Liturgist podcast, which I, I really like. Yes. Um, for, for like, people who used to be Christians or um, mm. still are Christians but don't know what's going on and all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting. Um and also for, like, atheists who still want to have some kind of spirituality. Anyway, the point is, um, uh, they've done 100 episodes and they've started, like, a global movement. Ooh. And I was thinking, well, we're not that far off 100 episodes. No, we can't be. Maybe we should do a count. <laughs> We've still only got one listener, but got one we love l- that yeah,
1: listener. We do love you, listener. Yeah, we just wish you'd talk to us more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did, I did mention that we were doing a pod tonight and um, Dapper said oh, another podcast
1: yes, another one <laughs> so-, <laughs>
0: yeah. in it, so it sounded in textual form like that was a positive
1: <laughs> ok, is that a positive? or is it like, oh, another oh, podcast, another podcast. Oh, another no, podcast? It's, I
0: think it was a positive
1: ok so okay.
0: maybe we have one listener
1: maybe we do and we definitely have more than one listener. I know of several people who who subscribe and listen to us.
0: Cool. Yeah, and we had some. We had seventy-six unique downloads in May.
1: Yes, and I I remember um, when my friend Scott on Twitter was asking for podcasts to subscribe and listen to, and I said, "Well, have you tried the Good Robot Andes?" And he said, "I already subscribed to the Good Robot Andes." So. <laughs> Um, so we have, you know, we have more than one listener. Cool, yeah. But we just wish you talk to us more, listener, because we yeah. love
0: you. Yeah, and also talk to your friends. Tell them.
1: Tell all your friends. What What should we tell them?
0: Tell I'm, them I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and so am I. Uh, yeah. Tell them about the podcast. Tell us uh, how you'd like the podcast to be better. Um. In ways that we can achieve,
1: yeah. In ways, yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. Like realistically, um, yeah. Do you want another count? Do you
1: you want another countdown? That's uh, because we were talking about doing another (laughs) countdown, weren't we? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Top top one Arnie films.
1: Top one Arnie films. The top (laughs) sci-fi of the twentieth century, which is a big subject, but maybe we could do like ten instead of thirty films. Yeah. Um, top horror
0: of the 21st century.
1: And we also talked about, yeah, top horror of the last 20... Can, yeah, really, it's been 20 years since 2000. Um, there's Can't quite a lot of... It. There are a lot of films to talk about that have come out since then.
0: I still basically think it's 1984.
1: I still basically think it's 1999. And that, right. that um, you know... You
0: just have to stop partying.
1: We're all partying in Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like things have got worse. Oh,
1: I think that's a fair assessment.
0: Is that just what you think when you get to our age?
1: No, I think that things have definitely got worse.
0: But the young people will save us.
1: Uh, Well, hopefully they will. I think that um, Greta Thunberg is trying her absolute best to save us from ourselves, despite the fact that that? um, she's the leader of the um, climate protest movement. The, right, sw- right. the young Swedish girl. Woman, oh, yeah young, yeah. young Swedish woman. Um, she's doing her absolute best to save us from ourselves, despite stupid old white men saying that they hope that she goes away so that they can get on with raping the planet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but she's not going away, so they can all shut up, <laughs> <laughs> Correct, cool. Fr- frankly. Yeah,
0: but what I was going to say was, like, you have to give us suggestions to improve the podcast... That don't involve us not actually being stupid old white men, because realistically what... we are going to be. <laughs> yes,
1: that's right. <laughs> I try not to be, but I I am regularly reminded that I am. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Well, on that on that note, we we're speaking to you, listener, on the day that um, Donald Trump visits the UK.
1: It's. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I can't think of anything <laughs> Trumpian to say, really. <laughs> oh, he said, what did he say? He said, um, I, everywhere I go in London, they love me. They're cheering everywhere, which is a lie. They've
0: made an enormous baby just because, just to honour me.
1: And when he came out of number 10, everybody booed him.
0: Right.
1: I, I think maybe he thinks that booing is some um, cheering in his head.
0: Maybe. He represents a lot of things that I disagree with and i would be yeah. protesting if i didn't think that it would be ridiculous of me to be the only if the only thing that motivated me to protest was to be negative about someone mm. <laughs> i feel like i should be protesting about
1: something else
0: climate change not about how i find a particular person objectionable
1: yeah i think climate change is the thing to be protesting about definitely uh, oh actually some positive news on climate okay. change. Um well, one no, not on climate change in in general but um several supermarkets notably uh Waitrose have started trialing um reusable bottles for things like shampoo and detergent yeah, and stuff like that which is a great That's, idea. Yeah. Uh Tesco's Tesco's are doing the same thing so they're offering uh, sort of greengrocer style produce rather than plastic bags for everything. It's a Sometimes long time. I think about a long the amount time coming.
0: Of, the amount of film and, mm. and rigid plastic containers that just go in the bin every day. Yep.
1: So much of it, isn't there? So much of it. Our local council started recycling plastic containers, not from the doorstep, but from recycling sites. Right. Which is good. And they will they will be doorstep recycling that I think from next year.
0: We 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 recycle ev- everything that can be recycled from our doorstep. It's right. really good.
1: Well, including plastic containers. Yeah. Including food packaging, that's really good. Yeah.
0: Not film, but no, the, no, the they, rigid containers. No, they
1: don't do film, no, but they do the rigid yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So yeah. that means you really basically good. don't have much in your bin.
0: Yeah, well the, the recycle bin is much fuller than the bin bin.
1: Yeah. Bin bin. Bin bin. Bin bin.
0: No camel case, no caps.
1: Bin bin. <laughs> pledge, pledge pin.
0: Pledge pin.
1: Pledge pin. Oh, yeah. I made it um Yeah. Like Clip, Some clipping there. Clip. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, I'll edit that in.
1: Excellent. Is that it? <laughs> That's
0: got to be. I mean, I think we finished some time ago.
1: I think we did, yeah. I, I'm sure that listener has already zoned out with us talking about recycling. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, at the point we started talking about our own viewing figures. That's
1: <laughs> like. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. That's Thanks, it. listener. We apologize again.
1: Yeah. Sorry. But we love you. Please talk to us more.
0: <laughs> See you next time.
1: Bye.